0: Converge Church. Come on, can we stand to our feet? Is anybody grateful this morning that he picked you up? He turned you around and he placed your feet on solid ground. Come on, let's worship together. Here we go. Come on, a clap. Come on, come on, come on. Here we go. Wandering into the night Wanting a place to hide This weary soul Vagabond, hey, and I try with all my might, but I just can't win the fight, I'm slowly twisting, a vagabond, hey, and just when I'm ready.
1: This morning, Hallelujah! Oh God, we thank you this morning. We praise you this morning. No god like our God. Come on, somebody just lift your voices and give Him some praise. Isn't He worthy of all of our glory, all of the honor? Oh God, we bless you this morning. Come on, just get a praise on your heart. Oh God, You are worthy. Oh my Bethlehem, would oh, wear. Well, all together. All together. I was lost when he brought me. Oh his love for me. Oh his love. my father. I am, hallelujah, and I'm grateful, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah, everybody sing it out, all of my sing I've got nothing new, I've got nothing new, Gratitude, All my gratitude, I could sing this song, I could sing these song As I often do As I often do But every song i Raise up your praise this morning. Raise up a hallelujah. Oh, because He's worthy. He deserves your praise. He deserves your worship. Come. changing your life today miracle signs and Send for a heart singing
2: Hallelujah 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 He is worthy, y'all We may not have much But what we can offer The King of Kings The one who is worthy of all praise and all glory is the fruit of our lips. Can we just take a moment and shout hallelujah, hallelujah to the God who saved us, to the God who heals us, to the God who loves us, the God who restores us, the God who has all that we need, everything pertaining to life and godliness found in him. So if we can just one more time before we get seated, hallelujah hallelujah amen please be seated amen good morning Good morning, everyone. I am Andrea Jackson. This is my sis, Cassie White, and we get the pleasure of serving here at Converge. We wanted to just take a few minutes to say thank you and welcome to everyone here in the house today. We appreciate you taking a few moments out of your day to spend some time in worship with us. Good morning to Converge Nation, our online virtual family that is joining us via live stream. Listen, if it's your first time here, good morning and welcome to you. You are the VIP, the very special guest, and we appreciate you being here. So we want to get to know you. After service, if you guys would stop by the Welcome Center, our pastors just want to connect with you, be able to put faces with names, and thank you personally for joining us today. We also have a small gift for you. It's just our way of saying thank you again for joining us today here at Converge. So Cassie and I are here to tell you about a little bit about what's going on at Converge. But the best way for you guys to know that is to connect with us on our social media platforms You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at We Are Converge, And you can find us on TikTok at Converge Church That's where you will see all that's going on But that's also where we've got some great content available for you guys So go to the pages, like them, subscribe, take advantage of everything that we've put out there for you Amen Amen. We also want to let you know that if you have a middle to high school student in 6th through 12th grade, they meet every second and fourth Sunday of the month. So they are actually meeting right now over in what is formerly known as The Rail, but it is now called The Verge, the new home of converged students. So. We want you guys to get connected. We've got an amazing student leadership team. They are back there this month in a sermon series called Hashtags Facts because we want our students rooted and grounded in what is really the truth, not what culture says, but what Christ says. So have your students join us over there every second and fourth Sunday in The Verge. We also wanna let you know that we are journeying through God's word. We are in the midst of a 40 day Lent devotional. We would love for you guys to join us as we prepare our hearts and minds for Easter Sunday, Easter weekend. So there should be a QR code on the screen, join us. It's not too late to start right where you are. I fell a couple of days behind, but I got caught up today. And I just share that with you in transparency because it's never too late to get into God's word. Amen, Cassie.
3: If you have the gift, as some of our awesome worship team has, let's give it up for them. Yes. If you have the gift of singing, we would love to have you join us next weekend, next Sunday after service, um, if you want to join our worship team. So if you have a beautiful voice and you want to help uh, lead our um, Converge worship for us, we'd love for you to come next Sunday. Um, if you would like to lead um, a song, please come prepared with a song to sing. Otherwise, just uh, join us afterwards. Love to have you try out
2: and I also want one note of correction I misspoke last week it is co- converge worship only not the band so
3: um, and if you joined us for our uh, v groups last semester what we're calling it uh, let us hear you Did you join a yeah. club Converger? was it awesome yes it was so awesome. So if you didn't, it's not too late, because we're doing it again. We had such a great time in Converge here. We heard Fight Club with the men was awesome. So we're bringing it back for another six-week ses- session uh, starting next Saturday. The dudes will be meeting at 8 a.m. here, so 8 a.m. next Saturday. Then the ladies, we're meeting on Wednesdays, starting that following Wednesday. So here, come meet us here at at The Verge, no longer The rail, The Verge, um, at 7 p.m. So we'd love to have you join us. It was life-giving. We are connecting with each other, making uh, relationships, friendships, um, you know, life life gets lifing, as Andrea says. Um, And we would love to do it with you and do it together. So join us for that. Um, what else do we have? We have Easter Sunday, pencil it in. We have a, or not Easter Sunday, Easter weekend. We have a full weekend full of events starting Friday night with a worship, uh, a night of worship. We'd love for you to come join us, spend time uh, worshiping, praising, um, and then we will go into Sunday with a communion and getting into the last words of Jesus, the seven last words. So we'd love for you to join us. Make sure um you don't miss that weekend, it'll be a good one. And last but not least, we'll have Pastor Jesse come up with our Blessed Life segment.
2: Thanks, Cassie.
4: Good morning, good morning, good morning, Converge Church. Look at someone and smile. Oh, come on, come on. Look at someone and smile from your heart, not just from your face. Give them a heart smile. Smile from your heart. Thank you so much for coming today. We're excited and glad that you are here. We wanna thank you because we are going to worship the Lord through the giving of our tithes and the giving of our offering. The Bible says in Proverbs three and nine that we are to honor God with everything that we own and that we are to give him our first and our best. Let me just remind you that when you give your tithes and your offerings, you are two, it is two things. One, it is a worship to God. Two, it is what? Obedience to the Word of God. The Word of God teaches us that we are to be givers. He also teaches us and admonishes us maybe that we're to have the right attitude when we give, that we are to give what hilariously and cheerfully from our hearts. We're to be happy that we have the opportunity to give into God's kingdom and to see God's kingdom grow. And so we believe here at Converge Church that we are walking and abiding abiding and obeying the Word of God. Therefore, we're going to do what God wants us to do and be good stewards of the funds that he provides us. And so we want to thank you for that today. If you need an envelope, please raise your hand and the ushers will get you one. You can fill out this envelope. That's one way that you can give. Please fill the envelope out in its entirety. People sometimes write in foreign languages. We're asking that you write in English when you fill out your envelope. Please, we would appreciate that so very much. You can also give by texting 77977, the dollar amount. You can give that way. You can also give online by, at weareconverged.com, and you can give that way, and you can give through our app by clicking on the icon at the bottom. You can also give uh, by uh, Zelle, and you can also give with Cash App. If you give with Zelle, we ask that you use the uh, email that's associated uh, with our account. We're glad. We want to make sure that you have the opportunity to worship God with your tithes and with your offerings. Amen. Well, God's been good to you. The Bible says we ought to always pray and not faint. So we're going to pray and thank God for our offering today. Ask him to bless it. Ask God to bless you in your endeavors that you may continue to be abundantly blessed that you can honor God with everything that you own. Bow our heads and let's pray. Heavenly Father, you're good to us. We just call on your name and acknowledge who you are. We give your name honor, and we give your name praise. Thank you, thank you, thank you for blessing us. God, you have given us increase, life, and health, and strength. And so, God, as we bring our tithes and our offerings to you today, we ask you, God, to touch it, to bless it, God, that it might achieve that the tithes and offerings might achieve what you want to achieve here at Converge Church. That our hearts be right. That our minds be clear. That our purpose, God, be on target. God, we thank you. We praise you. We honor you and we believe that you will bless the offerings today and those who give those offerings in such a way that we will be able to know and fulfill your plan and your purpose, not only for our lives, but for the church, Converge Church. We thank you, God, as we honor Jesus, people, and fulfill your purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
5: Converge Nation, are you glad to be in the house this morning? Let me try that one more time. Are you glad to be in the house this morning? Amen, amen, amen. Listen, this morning we kick off a brand new gospel-shaped, Christ-centered sermon series that we're calling The Chosen. The Chosen, it's not original with us. In fact, we've borrowed it from the hit uh, uh, show The chosen, and I'll tell you a little bit about that here shortly, but it's part of our countdown as we prepare our hearts and our minds for the most important event in human history, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. As Andrea mentioned, collectively, corporately, as a body of believers, as a local church family, we've been uh, uh, in this Uh, I think today was day 19 of a 48-day daily reading of the Gospels as we prepare our hearts for Lent. We invite you to join us. Today is only day 19. We're not even halfway there. But it's a a great way for you to prepare your heart, for you to prepare your minds as we count down to Easter. We're going to dive into the word here momentarily. But before we do, we have some very special guests with us. And uh, they're special to us because I remember what it was like. Uh, a few years ago when we uh, made the big, bold, audacious decision to become church planters. Uh, uh, wow. Uh, I-, I want to tell you a little bit about what that experience was like, but I I would be here forever. But we have some very special guests with us this morning. Uh, Dr. Eric Patrick and his beautiful wife Antoinette and their launch team are here this morning. Why don't you stand uh, with us and let's welcome... <laughs> Dr. Eric Patrick, Antoinette, and the launch team from Harvest Ministries, from Harvest Ministries. Uh, Eric and Antoinette, why don't you come and on your way up, why don't you grab that mic. Uh, I get excited about this uh, because this is one of the things that we didn't have the privilege of having when we planted our church. Not a whole lot of churches wanted to touch us. In fact, we were out there all alone. Uh, Our transition from where we had served before was extremely, extremely painful. There were so many misrepresentations of me and Pastor Wendy when all we wanted to do was serve Jesus. Uh, I I met uh, Eric and Antoinette a few months ago uh, through a mutual friend. In fact, they've served on staff at Rock Point Church. Uh, for a number of years now, and God has moved upon their hearts. They'll be planting a life giving church in the great city, my former hometown uh, of Little Elm, and we're super excited about that. We want you guys to tell us a little bit about what you're doing and, uh, and, man, how we can pray for you and how we can be a part of what God's doing at Harvest Ministries.
6: Thank you, Pastor. Um, so I'm Eric Patrick, my wife Antoinette, and uh, so we're planting Harvest Ministries um, right off of 380 at Braswell High School. Um, so it's about maybe 15 miles or so, down 380, maybe 20 or so. And um, about three years ago, during COVID, in the summer of 2020, um, the Lord really placed on our heart to, to start a church. My wife had a dream. It was about this church, Harvest Ministries, that we were just dying to get to. And um, ultimately, I told her, I was like, hey, maybe this is the church that God wants us to start. Um, I had been reading a lot of scripture about sowing and reaping and harvesting. Um, Galatians 6, 9, you know, do not grow weary in doing good. For in due season, you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. And so we just uh, were prayer, fasting, not knowing where we were going to go. But ultimately, the Lord led us up to this area right off of 380 in Little Elm. Um, And even a year, um, about a year ago, um, I had a dream about being in a high school cafeteria um, just in front of people, just like in this very room. And not too long after that, I went to a Bible study at Braswell High School that I was invited into. And they showed me the cafeteria. And it was that very cafeteria that was in my dream. And awesome. so now here we are today about to have our first service on Easter Sunday as yeah. well. Um, praise God for that. Amen. Uh, we've just been blessed to move into the area um, even almost a year ahead of what we thought we were going to and to meet such lovely families that are even here with us today. We're just saying, hey, we're on fire for Jesus. We're on fire for God. And we want to sh- share that fire um, and saturate this area because that area needs to be reclaimed in the name of Jesus um, ASAP. And so we're excited. Thank you for what you guys are doing. As far as for prayers, really just to help us to grow our team. I mean, wonderful worship today. Give it up for them. And we know that, 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 that that's a need, but we also have children. There's so many children in the area. I mean, we have kids in the children's church right now um, for families that need to have Jesus poured into their children. So we're thankful for that. So just prayers for us to have a great Easter service, a great launch for people to come out and say, hey. We want to give this a try. There are many people who don't know Jesus or many people who are unchurched who haven't been because maybe churches come into the area and they left them yeah. and they thought that people were going to just kind of keep going. They're like, hey, this is where I live. I want to stay here. And so we said, all right, well, we're going to meet you where you are, just as Jesus did with us. And so that's what we're so excited about. So Harvest Ministries, we're harvesting a ministry where we are. So thank you all for inviting us in today. We appreciate awesome.
5: it. Awesome. Antoinette, was there anything you'd like to share or say about, uh, about this journey?
2: I love my husband to have the mic. (laughs) I love to pray for everybody, and um, I love to be behind the scenes and just know that the Lord is working ahead of everyone. And I'm just grateful that I get to serve and love the families, one-on-one and big groups. Um, I don't have a teaching background, but I have become a children's minister in the past few months, and so I'm just grateful for all the babies that are here with us and the ones
5: Amen. Listen, we're super excited uh, that, uh, uh, for Harvest Ministries and all that God will do in and through you guys. One of the commitments we made to, to Eric and to Antoinette is that we as a church will be a part of helping them launch successfully. Uh, God has been incredibly gracious to us uh, in acquiring this building, not just acquiring this building, by the incredible grace of God debt-free. There's a whole bunch of stuff. We got a whole lot of extra stuff, in fact, uh, uh, our musicians told us uh, that we've got six drum kits, y'all, and and we've got sound boards and all these different things, so as a church, we're going to be a part of helping them launch successfully, amen, because God created us and the church and the kingdom to be collaborative, not competitive, Amen. And so we want to be available to you guys in ways that other churches weren't available to us. We see the example in scripture that we ought to come alongside you guys. So listen, we're always just one phone call away. Anything you guys need, if it's within our ability to do it, rest assured, we will in Jesus' name. If there are people in the in the audience today, and we're going to do something for you guys. Uh, but if there are people in the audience today who say, Man, listen, I'm excited about what you guys are doing, and they want to sow into what you're doing uh, how do they find you
6: our website is harvestministries.org harvestministries.org um, it has all our information on there for giving social media channels and really just more about who we are so just visit our website harvestministries.org and have everything in there for giving supporting and we even have a list on our giving page that shares not even just financially uh, it could be for um, for for volunteers for leaders for other resources we're actually starting to help out local schools we've been providing meals to them during the big holiday breaks we're now, we're now about to start providing them meals and snacks over the weekend throughout the entire school year. And so just any ways that you'd be able to support us, whether through food donations, monetary donations, whatever that is. Even if you say, hey, I can deliver the food to the kids, you know, whatever that looks like. So um, so HarvestMinistries.org is where you can find out everything about us. Amen. Amen.
5: Can we do this? Can we pray for, for uh, Eric and Antoinette and Harvest Ministries this morning? Amen. Let's do that. Father, we come to you in the name that is above every name the strong mighty matchless name of jesus god we thank you for your son and your daughter eric and Antoinette, and father we thank you that you have called them to your kingdom for such a time as this father i thank you that you've already gone before them to make every crooked path straight and to cause the work of their hands to be fruitful and to prosper we thank you god for uncommon supernatural grace for the journey ahead Thank you, God, for giving them grace as they go. And I thank you for every simple step of obedience. They will intersect the blessing and the provision of God. Thank you for raising up men and women who will come alongside them like Aaron and her to support them as they do the work. Father, I pray for your grace upon their marriage, upon their family. And I thank you, God, that they will run and not grow weary. God, they will walk... And they will not faint. And I thank you, Lord, that no weapon the enemy forms against them will prosper. And every tongue that rises against them in judgment shall be condemned. I thank you, God, for blessing the work of their hands. In Jesus' name. And everyone said amen and amen. One more time for Dr. Eric Patrick and his beautiful wife, Antoinette. God bless you. We appreciate you. We're excited for you guys and we're standing with you. We're going to run this race with you. Amen. Amen and amen. Well, are you ready for the word this morning? Listen, I woke up up this morning in a 90s kind of mood. I hit y'all with that Motown, Philly. Come on, boys, to men. Have to take it all the way back. 20 years, I was in that kind of a mood. Uh, This morning we start a brand new sermon series, as I mentioned, that we're calling The Chosen. Uh, Before we do that, I just want to give some context to what I'm going to share over the next several weeks, Uh, because I believe that God has called us to be a church that impacts and influences culture beyond Sunday morning. In fact, God has called us as Converge Church to be the kind of church where Christ and culture intersect. So I was praying about this series, or or what to share next. I felt like the Lord kept reminding me of conversations that I had with several people over the course of several weeks. In fact, the one that stands out to me this morning is a gentleman who sent me a text that said, Pastor Ray, I need to talk. And I sensed urgency in his request, so I said, hey, man, I've got a few minutes. What's going on? He said, can we talk? So I picked up the phone and I called him. And when I picked up the phone, his voice was filled with anguish because he said, Pastor Ray, I just had another meeting with someone who met me for the first time, and this person said to me the same thing half a dozen people have said to me over the course of my life It's the exact same thing that everybody else has said to me except I don't believe it. And he was wrestling with the fact that all these people, right at about half a dozen people, who he loved and respected, all said to him, man, you're called. God's hand is upon your life. And all of them insisted that God had called him to ministry. And in his heart, he's like, Pastor Ray, I love God. I pray and ask God for his plan and his purpose to be fulfilled in my life. But ministry is the last thing on my mind. And so this is what I said to him in response. I said, number one, all these people who you love and respect could be absolutely right that God has called you to ministry, and like Jonah, instead of going to Nineveh, you going in the opposite direction toward Tarshish. I said, but well, here's the flip side of that. All those people could be wrong, and you could be right. Because even Samuel, the most profound and most prolific prophet in all of Israel, got it wrong when it came to who God would anoint Saul's successor. And it is possible for men of God, women of God, to say things to you and about you, that may be absolutely wrong. He said, Pastor, what are you talking about? This is what I'm talking about. There's more than one way that God chooses to use people. And God's desire to use you is not limited to a pulpit. In fact, the people that God is going to raise up here at this church are going to impact every strata of society and culture because the Great Commission calls us to go into every man's world. In fact, Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 28. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel and make disciples of every nation. And so the context of this series... It's going to, uh, to, to, to be a challenge to each, to each of us to discover God's plan and God's purpose for each of our lives and recognize that God's desire to use you is not limited to what he does through you in the four walls of the local church. God wants to use you right where you're planted and right where you planted ought to become your mission field because there are people all around you right where you're planted that desperately need an encounter with jesus there are people right where you are in your family in your neighborhood in the schools where you work, in the businesses that you run that desperately need an authentic encounter with Jesus. And you and I have been called to the kingdom for such a time as this to represent Christ to a culture that desperately needs him. Mm, okay, we're going to go somewhere with this. How many are familiar with the name John Maxwell? Uh, Dr. John Maxwell was the pastor of one of the fastest growing churches in America in the late 80s, mid 80s to early 90s called Skyline Wesleyan Church. At the height of this exponential numerical growth that his church was experiencing, God called him from the, mar- from the pulpit out of ministry into the marketplace. In fact, most people don't know this, but Dr. John Maxwell has said more than once, everything I know and teach about leadership I learned from the scriptures. John Maxwell, as a leader in the marketplace, has reached more people than he ever could have or would have as a pastor. Are you all listening to what I'm saying? So the context, (laughs) I'm I'm trying to pace myself here a little bit because there's so much I want to say. But the context of this series is to challenge you to see that what God has called you to do is to reach the people that are all around you. And he has called you and created you to represent him right where you're planted. In Philippians chapter 4, At the end of this letter to the Philippian church, Paul sends a greeting, and he says, greet those who are in Caesar's household. You know what that means? That means that there were God-fearing people serving Caesar who hated God. Yet God had his sons and his daughters in Caesar's household. God wants you right, listen to me, right where you are because there are people he wants to reach who may never cross the threshold of a church. But you will become the church to them. Okay. So in 1975, Bill Bright, the founder of Campus Crusade for Christ and Lauren Cunningham, the founder of Youth with a Mission, these are both ministries that have impacted multiply, I mean, hundreds of thousands and millions of people over several decades. In 1975, Bill Bright, the founder of Campus Crusade, and Lauren Cunningham, the founder of Youth with a Mission, had lunch together in Colorado. What's interesting about this lunch is that God simultaneously, separately but simultaneously, gave each of these men a message to give to each other. So these guys show up at lunch, Lauren Cunningham and Bill Bright. God had given Bill Bright a message to give to Lauren Cunningham, and God had given Lauren Cunningham a message to give to Bill Bright. During that same time frame, a third leader in the body of Christ, Francis Schaefer, was given a similar message. And that message was that if we are to impact any nation For Jesus Christ, then we have to affect the seven spheres or seven mountains of society that are the pillars of influence. About a month later, the Lord showed Francis Schaeffer the same thing. In essence, God was telling these three change agents where the true battlefield for our culture is. It was here where culture would be won or lost. And God gave these three men this assignment. Their assignment was to raise up change agents to scale the seven mountains of cultural influence and to help a new generation of change agents understand the larger story of God. This is what God showed these three men separately in prayer. And he confirmed it when these three men met. That if the church is to transform culture and to make a difference in our generation, there are seven cultural mountains of influence where we, the church, ought to lead. Are y'all listening to what I'm saying? That God wants to use us not just here in the local church. There are seven mountains of influence, seven mountains in culture where God wants us to lead. The first mountain he showed them was the mountain of family. Because as the family goes, so goes society. The second mountain he wanted the church to influence was education. Third mountain was business. The fourth mountain of influence was government. The fifth mountain, media. The sixth mountain, arts and entertainment. And the seventh mountain was faith and religion. Everything we say over the next several weeks, even as we look to the life of Jesus and the 12 disciples that he called, will be in this context. That God is calling you and God is calling me to be the difference makers everywhere we're planted. Let's pray and we'll dive into the word together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that you will prepare our hearts to receive this word. And our God, I ask that it would be a word in season that will prepare our hearts for the larger story of God and where we fit in to what you are doing in this moment and in this season in and through our lives. God, we yield ourselves completely and implicitly to what you desire to do in us now and, God, what you desire to do through us next. We give you the glory, we give you the honor, and we give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen Amen and amen. I'm so excited this morning because we're going to dive into the word and we're going to talk about what it looks like to be called and chosen by God. Our anchor text, our anchor text, plural, are lifted from Mark chapter number 3, beginning at verse 13, and then also Luke chapter number 6, beginning at verse number 12. As we examine Jesus calling the 12 disciples, or as some would refer to them, the 12 apostles. I believe that over the next several weeks, you will see yourself in these men and what God desires to do in your life. Are y'all with me? Okay, here we go. Mark chapter 3, beginning at verse number 13. The scriptures declare, and he went up on the mountain and called to him those he himself wanted. And they came to him. Then he appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have power. Somebody say power power to heal sicknesses, and to cast out demons. He called Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter. He also called James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, to whom he gave the name Boanerges, which means sons of thunder. He also called Andrew and Philip, Bartholomew and Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, he called Simon the Canaanite and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him, and they went into a house. This is Mark's account of Jesus calling the disciples. This is Mark's account of the chosen. Quickly, uh, let me read Luke's account And then we'll dive into the thoughts that I want to share with you this morning. Luke chapter number 6, beginning at verse 12. Just in case you ever thought that Jesus choosing the 12 disciples was something random or haphazard. The Bible says it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain. He went out to the mountain to pray, and notice what the scripture says, that Jesus continued all night in prayer to God. So this was very deliberate. It was very intentional. It was spirit-led and spirit-informed. Jesus is coming out of a place of prayer, and he's about to draft his dream team. And it's a direct result of having spent all night in prayer. Notice who he picked. He picks Peter. Who had anger management issues. (laughs) Not only did Peter have anger management issues... This is the same guy who would betray him three times when he was confronted when it was no longer convenient or popular to be associated with Jesus. I'm talking about Jesus picking his squad. And Jesus, who is all-knowing, who has all foresight, picks somebody who was a try-hard always the first one to speak and always putting his foot in his mouth. Are, are you all with me? In fact, when you look at the dream team, Jesus' first three draft picks had this in common. They all had anger issues. Because after he, after he drafts Peter, guess who he calls next? Well, now, okay, Andrew, his brother, but notice who he calls next, James and John. When you read Matthew 25, I believe, you know, uh, Matthew 20, James and John, when they didn't like what somebody had to say to them, they said, listen, we're going to call down fire from heaven to consume you. (laughs) Yet Jesus picked them. No, I don't want what I say to be lost on you. Because Jesus picked imperfect people. For those of us who think that our God requires us to get our lives in order before he can use us. God still drafts. Imperfect people. Of all the people that he could have chosen, he chose a guy named Judas who was the treasurer. And he was dipping into the treasury. And ultimately it became his undoing because he betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. The going rate for a Hebrew slave. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Uh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus chooses. Here's a couple other interesting characters in the story. Uh, Jesus chooses a guy who needs to see before he can believe. Hmm? Jesus chose a skeptic. Listen to me. If you're a skeptic this morning, there's room at the cross and on the team for you too. For those of us who make the excuse, well, I'll go, I'm going to clear up my life and then I'll come to Jesus. No, li- listen, Jesus loves you just the way you are, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. There's room for you on the team Also, Uh, here's the part of the story that I like, because Jesus calls Matthew, who's a tax collector, and he puts him side by side with Simon the Zealot. He puts a guy who's a tax collector, who's seen as a traitor because he's a Jew working for the Roman government and collecting taxes, and many of the tax collectors had a reputation for extorting their own people. As they served the Romans. And guess what he does? He puts him side by side with Simon the Zealot, who was a nationalist, ultra-right conservative. And he puts him on the same team as a liberal. Listen to me. All Simon the Zealot watched was Fox News and Newsmax. And he puts him side by side with Matthew, a tax collector who only watched MSNBC. Are y'all listening to what I'm saying? Why would Jesus do that? The problem with most of us is that we select people to be on our team and in our world who only see life the way we do. And we get caught up. In the deception of our own echo chamber. Because now you think that what you hear is the only thing that is true. And you make no room for different opinions and perspectives. Right. And Jesus put two people who were at the polar opposites. One collecting taxes for the Romans. And one who despised the Romans. And was pro-Israel. And said, you all two, figure it out. You've got three years to do it. And I wonder how many of us only have people in our world who think like us, look like us, talk like us. And we miss out on the bigger picture of what God wants to do. Are y'all tracking with me so far? I'm going to take my time with this because I'm going somewhere. In fact, thank you very much. Listen, I feel like I got an extra hour this morning. And I'm going to use it. <laughs> squad. Squad. Uh, the title of today's message is Squad Goals. Squad Goals. Uh, and Jesus, we see, is building the squad, his own dream team. Now listen to you. i got some people in the congregation who are in HR. And if Jesus was the HR director at your company, <laughs> he would get fired immediately after picking these 12 people. Yet those were the 12 he chose when I look at these 12, I know that there's hope for me. Are y'all with me? So what is a squad? What is a squad? A squad is simply defined uh, as the group of people you do life with. It could be your family, it could be friends, it could be co-workers, it could even be your faith community. I've always been fascinated with great squads, always been fascinated with great squads. I, I, I asked the team to uh, Get some pictures ready. Y'all got those pictures ready? Uh, these are some great squads. When we think about great squads and, and we think about great teams, right? right, right. Here, here's, here's one. What's the first one? Anybody know what team that is? The 86 Mets. One of the, I see a Mets fan right there like, yeah, 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 we know, we know. I did that one just for you, Shavonda. Uh, the 86 Mets, the 86 Mets. Uh, one of the greatest teams. They had Dwight, somebody said, boo, I see a Yankees fan is in the building somewhere. A number 16 over there, Dwight Gooden. Number 18, Daryl Strawberry. Yeah. Uh, who else we got up here? Yeah, for, uh, for, was it Hernandez or Fernandez? But one of the great, greatest baseball teams ever assembled. Let, let's, let's, see another, let's see another great squad. Come on, somebody. Oh, yeah. Shot Titan in the house. Anybody know specifically which? 95, 96, 95, 96 Chicago Bulls, 72 and 10. Yeah. Come, on. Wow. Come on, somebody. Say again with the championship, right? So they won the championship, won 72 games, 72 out of only lost 10 games. The 95 96, that's a squad. If I want to be on a squad, that's the squad I won't be on, not the 12 disciples. <laughs> I want that squad right there. Any other great squads? Any other great squads? Come on, somebody. So, 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 so that's 73, right? Uh, because they broke the Bulls' records, but they didn't win the Bulls' record. But they didn't win the championship that year. They lost to the Cavaliers, three and one. I think it was, or whatever it was. Uh, uh, so, so they've got the 73, but they got a little asterisk because the Bulls won the championship. They got 73 and nine, but they didn't win the championship that year. But that's a great squad. All right, uh, uh, come on, somebody. Uh, you want to be on that team? Especially if you're Christian Leitner. <laughs> right? Especially if you're Christian Leitner, right? Uh, uh, the only college player, he was College Player of the Year in 92. Uh, so uh, he represented college players that year, number four, Christian Leitner, great squad. Any other great squads? Come on, somebody. <laughs> I see y'all laughing. <laughs> y'all already know what the reasons. Come on. <laughs> that Philip Bailey, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Uh, Come on, one of the baddest squads ever assembled. There, there. Let's. There's some more. There's some more. A couple more. A couple more. Yeah, 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 yeah. Patrick, I did that for you. Patrick favors. Uh, uh, Cowboys, the Cowboys, and, and, and the three. Come on, somebody, right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did that one for Pastor Wendy, even though she's out of the room. New addition. New addition, right there. What the great. Come on, come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Murtaugh and Riggs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 85 Bears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody remember the Super Bowl shuffle? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. The Beatles, man, one of the greatest squads ever assembled. Is that it? I think that's it. Is that it? I think that's it. Is that it? I, it. That it? <laughs> I, I don't know. That's it. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much, Chuck. Squad. Say again. Oh, you know, you know. (laughs) You know. Here it is. Number one, recognize that great squads are chosen. When we read the story of the ones Jesus called, notice what it says first. It says that he went up on the mountain, here it is, and called to him those he himself wanted. Listen to me. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what your life experiences have been. I don't know what people have said to you and done to you. But just as Jesus called imperfect people, just as Jesus called broken people, This morning, he calls those he himself wants. Jesus wants you just as you are. With all your flaws, with all your imperfections, with all your idiosyncrasies. He loves you just as you are. I'm going somewhere with this. Number two, Jesus was prayerful in Luke chapter 6, verses 12 through 16. It says, now it came to pass in those days that he went out on the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer. And And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself, and from them he chose 12 whom he also named apostles. Jesus was not only prayerful, Jesus was intentional. He chose the ones he wanted. Here's the second thing we need to learn about squads. Great squads are transformational, not just transactional. Yeah. Great squads are transformational, not just transactional. This is probably where I'll spend the lion's share of my time as we prepare to close. But notice Mark chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, it says, Then he appointed 12, that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have power, to heal sicknesses, and to cast out demons. And what we miss in the church sometimes is sometimes we want the transaction of God without the transformation of God first. The scripture says that Jesus invited them to be with him to be with him, and then to go in his name. Why was it important for them first to be with him? Because the first thing Jesus invites us into is intimacy with him. Why is intimacy with Jesus important? It's from a place of intimacy with Jesus that we discover our identity. Oh, let me stop there for a second. You bring 12 jokers together. Fisherman, tax collector. You bring together a radical right-wing Zionist. You put them together with a tax collector, a dishonest uh, treasurer in Judas. And all of them come with different identities. What do you do with that? The first thing Jesus has to do to transform us is he has to transform how we see ourselves. And that's why the scripture says in Romans chapter 12 and verse 3, let no man think of himself more highly than he ought, but soberly according to the measure of faith that he has been dealt. The first thing Jesus has to do is how we change how we see ourselves. Can I talk about that for a second? This might get uncomfortable for a second. But most of us miss what God wants to do in our lives because the first way we see ourselves is with our ethnicity. See myself as a black man or a black woman. But what does that mean? Because being a black man and a black woman is different because I'm a black man from Africa. Which is different from being a black man in America. Being black and having money... It's different from being black and not having money. Are y'all still what I'm saying? No, no, this is going to get uncomfortable because most of us see ourselves and our identity is measured by this right here. Or what we have in our pockets. And Jesus dealt with these three prejudices when he said, in Christ, there is neither bond nor free. It's socioeconomic. That you can no longer measure your identity by what you have or don't have. Instead, there's no longer Jew or Greek. When you come to Christ, it's no longer about your ethnicity. Well, I can talk about this. For those of us who only see ourselves by our ethnicity, because if we want to talk about the the dark, dirty truth, there was a time when some of us wouldn't be allowed into a sorority because your skin was darker than a paper bag. Yet you lead with your ethnicity, And even though you're black, some people will say you're too black, and some will say you're not black enough, yet that's your identity. Where do you land? If that's what you believe, I'm a black man or I'm a black woman. Because there are even black people who will say, you're not black enough, you're not light enough. And most of us say, well, I'm a black man living in America. Oh, we can talk about it. I can talk about it for days. And that is part of our problem. That we have our identity tied up in the wrong thing. Because, listen to me, labels become categories. And categories become boxes. And boxes have lids that will become your limitation. I'll say it one more time. The label you accept will become your category. The category you accept will become your box. And every box has a lid, and that lid will become your limitation. I am an African missionary living in North Dallas pastoring a multicultural church, not because I jump up here every Sunday and say, well, I'm a black missionary from Africa. My identity is in Christ. And what Jesus had to do with these 12 men, coming from different perspectives. Well, I'm a fisherman. I'm a tax collector. Well, I'm a treasurer. I'm this. I'm that. The first thing that he had to do with them is you all got to sit down here and be with me so that my identity can be transplanted and infused in you. I know I'm going to get some mail. Make sure you email, make sure you send it to Pastor Jesse at WeAreconverged.com. <laughs> Listen to me. Intimacy with Jesus will help you fix your identity, how you see yourself. If my identity comes from anyone or anything other than Jesus. It's going to be finite and limited to how I see myself and how other people see me. Yet when I'm identified by how Jesus sees me, it takes all the limits off. Okay. Let me tell you why this is important. Jesus says, before you go out and preach and do anything for me, let's deal with your identity. The reason Jesus deals with our identity is because when you have dealt with your identity and have your identity in Christ, it deals with the next thing, which is integrity. Let me tell you what integrity is. Integrity is more than just doing the right thing. For those of you who are math scholars, they taught you that the word integer means what? Whole number. The word integrity comes from being whole. And what happens when we are intimate with Jesus is Jesus deals with our identity so that we no longer live from a place of brokenness. He makes us whole again. Integrity. That's what Jesus wants to do in the lives of his sons and daughters. He wants to deal with every broken thing and every broken place in us. It can only come from being intimate with him because he communicates our identity. And when we understand our identity, then we can live whole so that the fourth thing can happen, which is influence. I don't get to go out and preach and heal until the first thing ha- three things happen because it's from that place that I now have influence with God and man. Jesus called the 12 that they would first be with him. And I wonder how many of us now find ourselves in a hard place of uncertainty. God, what have you called me to do? What have you created me to do? Wrestling with this identity crisis because we haven't been with Jesus. Alrighty. Great squads are transformational first before they are transactional. Let me close here. Transformational relationships are deeply personal. They can only happen up close third thing, great squads are inclusive. Jesus' dream team included fishermen, a tax collector, a political zealot, a realist who doubted his resurrection, a dishonest treasurer who would later betray him, three hot-tempered men, two of whom wanted to call down fire from heaven to consume people who disagreed with them. But there's one person in this story that I'm going to close with who is one of the unusual suspects. Uh, He's one of those disciples that we rarely hear anything about. And that's where we'll close today. Because in this list, we see Simon, we see James, we see John, we see Andrew, we see Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, Judas Iscariot. And we're familiar with most of their stories. But as I was preparing, for some reason, I felt like the Lord wanted me to land on this particular disciple, this particular apostle. And he's listed as Bartholomew. Bartholomew. In fact, most of us don't know a whole lot about Bartholomew, and I'll just read this to you so that we understand who he is. Uh, Bartholomew is also the disciple known as Nathaniel. Nathaniel is one of the 12 original apostles of Jesus Christ. Uh, Little is written about him uh, in the Gospels and the book of Acts. Most Bible scholars believe Nathaniel and Bartholomew were the same person. And here's why. The name Bartholomew is a surname. It is a last name. For instance, Simon or Peter is Simon Bar-Jonah. Simon, the son of Jonah. There's blind Bartimaeus, which means the blind son of Timaeus. Bar-Timaeus, Bar-Jonah, son of Jonah. And here is Bartholomew, and his name means Bar, son of Jonah. Tolmai, T-O-L-M-A-I. More accurately, his name should have been recorded, Nathaniel Bartholomew or Nathaniel, son of Tolmai. The name Nathaniel means gift of God or giver of God. And in the synoptic gospels, the name Bartholomew always follows Philip in the list of the 12. In the gospel of John, Bartholomew is not mentioned at all. But Nathaniel is listed instead after Philip. Church tradition says that Nathaniel carried a translation of Matthew's gospel to northern India. And legend claims that he was crucified upside down in Albania. Nathanael accepted Jesus' call and became his disciple. And he also witnessed the ascension and became a missionary spreading the gospel. Why do I want to talk about Nathaniel today as we close? One simple reason, and it's in John chapter 1. And I believe you'll see yourself in this text. John chapter 1. In verse 35. This is the calling of the first disciples. John chapter 1 and verse 35 It says, and again the next day John stood with two of his disciples, and looking at Jesus, he walked, as he walked, he said, behold the Lamb of God. Verse 37, the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Jesus' ministry started with a church split. Come on, somebody. That two of John's disciples left John. And followed Jesus. The two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. Verse 38. Then Jesus turned and seeing them following, said to him, What do you seek? And they said to him, Rabbi, which is to say, teacher, where are you staying? Notice verse 43. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee. And so he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. But as soon as Philip began to follow Jesus, he found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth. So here is Philip in all his excitement. He's found Jesus and he goes and finds Nathanael and said, listen, we found the Messiah. We found Jesus, the son of Nazareth. And notice what Nathanael says in verse 46. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip said, come and see. And Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no deceit. So Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? And Jesus answered to him and said, Before Philip called you, when you were still under the fig tree, I saw you. Let me close right here with this. The reason the story of of Nathaniel resonates with me is simply because Jesus saw him before he saw Jesus. You know what that means this morning, Converge Church? That long before you saw him, he saw you. I don't know if you understand how profound that is. Jesus saw you. In fact, let me flip it. Jesus sees you. And there is absolutely nothing about your life, the good, the bad, or the ugly, that's hidden from him. Yet he calls you. Yet he calls you. Yet he has chosen you and has chosen me. You see, Nathaniel's deal was he was brutally honest. And he says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And there's some of us that God wants to use, but we fall short of being used by God because we seize things only as they appear on the surface. After, after Nathanael says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And he says, I saw you under the fig tree. Th- this, is, this is what Jesus says back to him. He says, oh, do you believe now because I told you that I saw you? The truth is, Nathanael could have and would have walked away from Jesus. Simply based on the fact that Jesus had come out of Nazareth. And nothing good ever comes out of Nazareth. Maybe this morning God wants to speak to some of us who have been in that same place that Nathaniel has been in where we take everything at face value and we don't give anything a chance to see beyond what we've heard or what we've experienced that God could want to do so much more beneath the surface. Jesus knew everything about Nathaniel before Nathaniel knew anything about him. And he still chose him. This morning, I believe God wants to speak to every Nathaniel in this room. And God says, I see you, I've seen you, and I know exactly where you are. Regardless of what has happened, what you've been through, your failures and your shortcomings, I saw you under the fig tree even before Philip brought you to me. And God still chose him. So Father, this morning, I pray for every man and every woman under my voice. God, you desire to do something in us that's so much greater, so much more uh, profound, so much more profound than we could ever ask or imagine. So, Father, I pray for the one who struggled. God, can you use me? I pray for the one who struggles like Matthew struggled. I pray for the one like Peter who struggled. I pray for the one like Thomas who struggled with his own doubts and his own unbelief. I pray for the one this morning who has struggled with their identity. Father, I pray for each person under the sound of my voice in this room. And I ask you, God, to do a new thing in us. That we will see ourselves as chosen of God. As chosen by God. For your glory. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. And amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Now I'm going to let y'all go. Y'all see what time it is? Is that time on this monitor right? 11:29? Come on somebody. We need to have more daylight savings time. Uh, This is where I close as I let you guys go. God is already doing some profound things here in our congregation. And I want you to prepare your hearts for what God does next. When God gave us that word that there is more, there truly is more that God desires to do. Some of those things will happen on Sunday mornings when we gather for worship. But listen to me, I want you to hear this. Some of those things will happen after you leave this place. God wants us to impact and influence what is happening in culture. I really want you guys to hear that. He wants us to influence these seven mountains of cultural significance. And the reason I'm saying this and I'm almost moved to tears. And I kind of struggled through my message simply because I felt like I was supposed to call an audible. In 1997, I was serving in the U.S. Army. I was stationed at Fort Campbell, Kentucky. I went to an incredible church in Clarksville, Tennessee, because we're right on the state line with Kentucky and Tennessee. Went to a church in Tennessee. Still remember in 1997, we had a missions service where there there was a missionary visiting our church from Africa. Uh, The pastor asked people who were from another country to wear something that was traditional from their country and so I wore uh, what's in Nigeria is called an Agbada and I was playing with the worship team. Uh, At the end of the service I was sitting in the back of the room and then uh, at the end of the service the pastor signaled for the worship team to come. And so as I started to walk to the platform God gave the pastor a word for me. And he said, Ray, God's called you to be a nation changer. And I've held on to that word for over 20 years. Over the last few months, God has opened incredible doors. And I can't go into detail about everything that's happening, but on Tuesday, day after tomorrow, I leave for Liberia. And I can't say all the things that the Lord has opened a door for me to speak into. But in October, they're having elections in Liberia. And God's opened the door for me to influence what's happening in that nation. next two weeks, God is going to allow me to stand in front of people that are going to influence what happens in that country. And already I've been speaking to them and they asked me to come. I say all that to say God wants to use you And it's just just limited to what happens on Sunday mornings. Liberia was listed as the third poorest country in the world. And I've seen the potential. (laughs) The natural resources. One of the wealthiest countries on the continent in natural resources. But it's been mismanaged and abused for decades. And I don't know everything God's going to do. But every time I pray, I keep coming back to the story of David taking cheese and bread to his brothers. And because he was willing to take cheese and bread to his brothers, God allowed him to slay Goliath. And every time I pray, I keep coming back to this same story. And I don't know what God will do. But I'm asking you to pray for me over the next two weeks. I'm praying for you. That God will use you. Beyond where you find yourself now. So, Father, I pray for this congregation. I pray for your people. That, God, when you said there is more, there is more that you want to do in and through your people. In the marketplace. And in the public square. God, I ask you to give us those mountains of influence. That, God, you will call us to transform nations. And those people are in this room right now. I know it. I know it. Ordinary people that you'll use to do extraordinary things, God, for your glory. Esthers. Daniels. Deborah's. They're in this room right now, God. God, would you open our eyes to see that there is more beyond just the nine to five. Just beyond our coming and going, you want to do more through us. We trust you for it now. We give you the glory, the honor, and the praise for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. Pastor Jesse, why don't you come? Uh, I'll be gone the next two weeks, man, but we've got a couple of amazing communicators who will be filling in for me. Uh, I know y'all love Trey Smith. Trey is going to be back to preach, our student ministries coordinator. And we've got one other. Forgive me, I was a mess this morning. I know I was supposed to go a different direction, but y'all pray with me and pray for me while I'm gone over the next two weeks. That God will do a notable miracle in Liberia and in some way use me to make a difference God bless you, Pastor Jesse why don't you come?
4: Amen, thank you so much let's thank God for the word today Amen You know we are all touched by the culture that we live in uh, we are touched by, it touches us and, and God wants us to also have his culture with us there is a world culture and there is a kingdom culture sometimes it's very difficult to bring the kingdom culture forward into this culture that we live in but that's our influence that's what pastor is saying we have a responsibility to bring the kingdom culture present in this world that we live in and it's not a i'm not saying it's an easy thing it's a hard thing In order for us to do and to be who God wants us to be, it takes a tremendous amount of Christian discipline. That's what it takes. And so we got to wake up in the mornings and believe, God, I have the discipline to allow the culture of God to be seen in me. Amen? Stand on your feet and let's play and let's believe, God, that that's what we're going to do. This week, we're going to allow the kingdom culture to be seen in our lives. God, we thank you. That your face shines upon us. We thank you, God, that you bless us. And we thank you, God. It is our intent, our heart, our intentional discipline to allow you to be seen in our life. That we be kingdom influencers this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much.
3: If you were impacted by today's worship experience,
5: would love to hear from you. Maybe today's sermon is exactly what you needed to hear or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time. If so, would love to send you information on how to kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you'd like information about how to join our virtual family, email us at echurch at
2: If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely at wwwweaconvergecom forward slash give. You can also give via text. Simply text Converge Give and the dollar amount that you'd like to give to 77977. You can also find all of this information in our mobile app. Simply go to your app or Play Store, search for Converge Church Plano and download the app. It's that simple. Again, thank you so much for joining us for today's worship experience, and we look forward to staying connected with you.